We're excited to launch season two of the Force Podcast with the legendary Olympian Jackie Joyner Kersey. Welcome to the Force Leadership Podcast. You'll hear from a group of dynamic women leaders discussing career decisions, risk taking, and lessons in mentorship. I'm your host, Jamie Dolby, and you can learn more about Force by visiting us at www.maryville.edu slash force and follow us on all social media networks at Force Maryville. Up till now, your products and services have pretty much sold themselves. You have hit some important milestones and even seen a revenue increase. But lately, things have been pretty low. Your leads have slowed down, your online engagement is stagnant at best, And you're even struggling to keep your loyal clients excited and coming back for more. You want to freshen up your content, but you're just all out of ideas. (laughs) Hi, I'm Ebby, head strategist at Ebby Talks Digital. And I know that our No Grow video program is just the thing for you. With our six-week program, we'll work one-on-one to transform your content from blah to boom using video strategy. With our time together, we'll work through things like how to build confidence on camera, create craveable content that your audience didn't know they needed, but they definitely do, and working to make your brand light shine brighter than it has ever before using video marketing. I mean, don't take my word for it. Head on over to our page at ebbytalksdigital.com backslash video program to check out our testimonials and book your discovery call. Do it now and see you soon. Very excited uh, to have you join us today. We have Jackie Joyner Kersey, six-time Olympic medalist. We are, you are a legend in St. Louis, in the country, and really around the world. So we appreciate you for joining us here today. Glad to be here. And so how many of those medals? You have five gold medals, right? So I have three gold medals. Okay. In the Olympics. Okay. And then uh, four World Championship gold medal. So then that what you you're, you're okay, right on. See, <laughs> so. you know when you don't do any type of athletics, <laughs> no. everything is just it all just runs together. <laughs> you're good though, you know, because <laughs> I didn't want to claim that I had five goals and you know somebody factored. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I know that you're from the area. You're from East St. Louis, and that's a big part of your story. Can you tell why you make sure people know where you're from, know where you came from, and how that's really shaped you to be the woman that you are? Yes, I, I'm from East St. Louis. I grew up in East St. Louis, and as I was growing up, a lot of times people who had uh, accomplished different things or who was from the community never would claim they were from East St. Louis. And so for me, it was very important to let people know that I'm in East St. Louis. I'm from East St. Louis in Illinois, you know, because a lot of times they say, oh, it's the East side of St. Louis. Right. Like, no, <laughs> it's a whole nother state. <laughs> you know, but uh, it was also uh, very important for me to be able to convey that message to the young people that I would work with and the ones who I would inspire to go on and visit, but always find a way uh, to come back home. I've always felt like that was an important part of your story. And that piece of your story has really shaped the where you are now, back in East St. Louis with the Jackie Joyner Kersey Foundation. Can you tell us how that came about? Yes, the Jackie Joyner Kersey Foundation, uh, to me, is my life work. Uh, and I came through a community center. 
And when I was coming through that community center, I worked with the librarian who taught me how to check out books at that time. And then also I got involved in the sports. You also saw people coming to work, you know, because I also had the administration side separated from the recreation side. But then once I went off to college in my freshman year, unexpectedly, I lost my mom. And the one place that I knew I could go where people could embrace me and lift my spirits up was that uh, center. But uh, when I went to the center, it had padlocks on the door. And then I just started thinking, you know, where did the young people go? And, and was there a way that I could reopen that center, not knowing that you need resources? <laughs> you know, <laughs> I got this grand idea, but, uh, but that stayed with me. And through my journey of um, making Olympic teams, it was always trying to find a way to open up. It wasn't that center, but then eventually to open up my own center. And that happened in 2000, that we were able to open up the Jackie Jordan Kersey Center to continue the work uh, doing after school programming, door-to-door transportation, picking our students up from school, providing them uh, meals, and they're doing the Jackie Jordan Kersey winning in life uh, curriculum and really hope, hopefully to continue to set them on a path of just trying to succeed or to pursue their own dreams. Wow. So 20 years later, uh, the Jackie Joyner Kersey Foundation is still serving the community, really in East St. Louis and beyond, because I think it affects us all. How did your experience as an athlete in college help your success for your college experience? So for my college uh, experience, for me, it was a... I didn't realize it was a challenge traveling from East St. Louis to Los Angeles to go to school, but I never lost focus of my goals. I never uh, got caught up into things that I didn't think was going to help me reach the goals that I had set for myself. So I had to learn to um, time management, had to learn to prioritize and really fully understand what it means to sacrifice. And for me, it's like on the weekends, you know, you have the college uh, parties and that just wasn't something I, I had an interest in. And so where my friends and I said, oh, you, you, you acted funny. No, I'm <laughs> sacrificing or sacrificing being away from home during the holidays because mm. parents just couldn't afford to uh, bring me back home. And, but understanding that the sacrifices, the focus was all about the goals right? of just trying to go to school, do well. And I didn't know I was going to do all these things athletically. Do you feel like people around you knew it all along, but it took you a minute to see it in yourself? I, you know, I believe my, because uh, I started running track at the age of nine and I wasn't one of the best girls, uh, but my desire and my passion for it, I just love running. And when I saw the 76 Olympic Games on television when I was 14, I said, oh, I wanted to go to the Olympics. And Coach Nino Fournoy, who still coaches the East St. Louis uh, high school team, was my age group coach and still a mentor today, said to me at that time, I had the potential, but I had to be willing to work hard. And But then, you know, at one point, face was in the crowd in Sports Illustrated, you know, just a little blur, right? And I'm like, right. oh, I'm in Sports Illustrated. <laughs> right, that's huge. <laughs> but, you know, you, you, you don't really think about how good you are because... At that age, you're just having fun. You're winning, but you're having fun. And then all of a sudden, you know, uh, college are recruiting you. And but it still comes back to I'm a realist and not lose sight of the hard work, the commitment and all the things that I had to continue to do, even when I got on the collegiate level. 
We want our students to really go the distance. And I know a lot of students, their their pathway to get into college is through athletics. And that's a wonderful thing. How was it for you to balance athletics, balance your course load, and also kind of develop yourself as a character? Who did you have in your village um, to really help you manage that schedule and support you throughout that time? You know, I think... Uh... On the university level, there are a lot of uh, available tools um, that you can tap into. So as a freshman, we had study hall. We had uh, tutorial help. And and I use that. You know, some people are like, oh, you know, it has nothing to do with how smart you are. Or No, is that those tools are available to you. But then also how to balance. Uh, I was homesick. Didn't you know? And they provided uh, what we would call uh, a mentor, right? But my mentor never showed up, you know. So that's why today the people I work with, I really push them about being consistent in the young people's lives. If you're going to work with them, they don't need to see you every blue moon or no, or not at all. So for me, staying connected to uh, my family, uh, also. Uh, my high school coaches, the different people who have worked with me, because as young people, sometimes you think people are going to say what you want them to say. Right. So when I was having a difficult time in, in track, I called to Coach Fanon, like, oh, I think I should transfer. And he reminded me I went there for an education, you know, mm-hmm. and and that was very important uh, for me because these weren't going right on the track. Then all of a sudden, I want to make a, a, a change or a switch instead of just figuring it out. And that became part of my life skills, uh, understanding that, you know, you're going to struggle, but it's you you have to you have to figure this out. So and and so my my village or my team, some of my teammates, some of the people, uh, I just think keeping the dialogue. And, you know, I always stress to students that don't be afraid to pick up the phone and call someone. You know, even when you might think they might not want to hear you, they do want to hear from me, you know. And then there's counselors on, on the college campuses that work with you. And, you know, you're young. You might not be exactly sure what it is you want to do, but keep that, that dialogue and those conversations ongoing. That's really important. I know that you got to college. You said that sometimes you didn't have the funds to get back home. But so how important was it for you to have that scholarship to really fulfill your college experience? Having uh, a scholarship was truly a blessing because if I didn't have a scholarship, there's no way I could have went gone to the West Coast. My parents could not afford it. And that, but also understanding that uh, I have a responsibility in receiving that scholarship because sometimes, you know, you take like, oh, okay, no, I have to continue to work on it so I can continue to get funding to help. But I also know there's the challenge of, yes, people think that you have a scholarship. Yes, it's paying for your your schooling and your education. I mean, it's doing all those things. But then there are other personal things that, you know, when you go away from home, that the things that you didn't have to take care of, your parents did. So I understand. I had to understand, like, when I did work a little job to save my money, you know, not walk around barefooted because them socks are pretty dirty. Now I got to clean them myself. <laughs> you know, just different, you know, things that uh, I think having a scholarship, true, uh, it, it makes uh, 
it takes a burden off the family, you know, and it allowed me as I transitioned from, you know, a young person into adulthood to take on some responsibility. I appreciate you sharing that because many of us, we talked about this before, you have generations of individuals looking at you as a hero, including myself and you know, sometimes we forget when you're on a track, you make it look easy. You almost convince us, convince myself that I can run. I'm quickly <laughs> reminded that I can't, but you do, you make it look so easy and you make it look so effortless, but sharing those obstacles, how important is it you to, to share with this current community, the students that you mentor that you too had obstacles and what are some of the tips that you share with them on how to overcome those things? Yeah, sharing obstacles and uh, because are you correct? When people see they they see me running or anyone running, they see a finished product. They don't know the hard work that has gone into into what we're trying to do. And so, but the the struggle or the obstacle, like going to college and being diagnosis and asthmatic, you know, and all of a sudden I'm like thinking they're going to take away my scholarship because what I love doing, I, I can't do it like I want to. Mm-hmm. And so I have to start uh, respecting asthma, but then also not letting asthma be, uh, to me, I look at it as just another obstacle and you're just another opponent. I'm going to figure out a way I'm going right. to beat you, you know. So I, for me, I, I always talk to them about this is where I went in a life curriculum come in uh, based off my autobiography, a kind of grace, uh, the confidence, you know, understanding uh, risk. There's good and bad risk, you know, the determination and grit. Be determined to see it through, but the grit, but then also have grace, you know, because whatever I did I in competition, I try to win and lose alike, you know, so mm-hmm. you would see the consistency. In the same way, like in school, there's you, you're going to go into a classroom where you're used to being 20 people and then there could be hundreds of people in a lecture hall, you know, and not to be intimidated by that. They're no different than you, you know, uh, make sure that you're listening to the professor. You know, if you having a problem, you go talk to if it's the TA, you know, have a conversation. Don't just count yourself out, you know, because you have a name, you're not just a number, you know, so it's very important that I encourage them to be the best that they can be, you know, and I'm not trying to make them great athletes. I really want them to be great human beings because I think that if you're a great person, you will eventually do great things. I totally agree. And thank you for sharing that. And some of those obstacles, I know that a lot of us feel like we weren't going to go and experience some of those same obstacles as you. But I think this pandemic and, you know, health and social pandemics that we're living in have taught us that we are all able to overcome some things and we have to be prepared really for anything at this stage. How have you been able to manage and lead the JJK Foundation during these current times? You know, during these current times and dealing with the pandemic and, oh, gosh, and uncertain times, you know, for us, we had to uh, regroup, come together, and talk about the things that we could do. You know, we were doing our summer camp and making sure that our staff went through training before we brought our students in. And we also talked about, uh, as a reminder, that fatigue sets in. You know, we want to go back to our normal ways, but 
You, you can't do that. Just one slip can cause problems. And so that we have to be consistent in what we're doing. But then also it allowed us to be great listeners, listening to our, our students and how they're dealing with, quote unquote, what we trauma, you know, right. and recognizing, you know, the other day I was talking to one of our students and he's our only child. And he was just saying the importance of having the JJK is because being our only child, he's lonely at home. And even doing all of this is is even lonelier more than ever. So having somewhere to come where he could see his friends and and so I just started thinking how many other kids are going through this? Wow. You know, and so for us it's just really making sure that safety and um and welfare first and foremost in everything that we try to do. That's important because a lot of students and children are spending more time at home either voluntarily or not, um, especially with schools not having the option to go in. How can someone that's at home right now, how can they start their wellness journey? I know we see you as the greatest of all time and legendary in this field, but for someone that just wants to get started, what's some advice that you can give us to say you can start your wellness journey from where you are? Yeah, my advice would be to anyone that wants to start a wellness um, journey, uh, first start with understanding uh, what it is you want to get out of it. Uh, be true to yourself. And it's not around with journaling, you know, writing down different goals. Start with meditating. Figure out what are some of the things that you feel good about? And then some of the things that cause you to have some issues, whatever those issues may be. But then slowly get into, if it's uh, physical, you want to get out, you want to walk, you want to jog. Don't take on too much. You know what you can do. Always leave whatever you've done the previous day wanting more. Right. And then add to it. And then for your psyche, your mental, you know, do some visualization, write down some different things. You know, some people love reading, you know, but try to find different things that uh, that will help you. And then recruit different partners. You know, you have friends that you feel, oh, they'd be good, that they might need it too. Hmm. And it's good to have a partner because just when you're not feeling good, then they're feeling good and they can encourage you, come on, we do this together. And just have, and then your 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 nutrition and making sure that you're finding balance. I like that because I feel like you can start really from where you are. Yes. Yeah, I, I love that. And I know that for our, um, our Go the Distance run at Maryville, we're doing a virtual Go the Distance run, but we really can start from anywhere. What advice would you give to someone that's looking to register, but they're like, I'm not a runner. I don't know if I can handle the 10K, the 5K. I see a one mile. What advice do you have them to just be able to finish the race the race for the marathon and just really finish the race for life. You know, uh, with the virtual run, I, I, I think you, you challenge yourself, you know, and you might not, you don't have to be a runner. You know, every time I go out, I'm walking and first thing people say, well, Jackie, why are you not running? You know, walking was always a part of our routine. So if you want to do the two mile walk, you know, just get in it, you know, set a goal, you know, 5K and then those who want to do the 10K, more power to you. But I want to say to you that first, you can't say um, what you're going to do. you got to be about doing it. 
You know, you can't attempt something. You got to get up and get it done, you know, and that's how you get started. That's how this is another way that not only are you helping yourself, but we're also helping scholar athletes with education and being a part of this virtual run because what you decide to do can also benefit someone else being a part of this virtual run. Thank you. When I look at you in the community and all the things that you do, I see nothing but greatness. What do you have to say about what makes you a force? Oh, what I would have to say what makes me a force is that it's all God. God has blessed me uh, to be in this position. And it's very important that I don't take it for granted or abuse it. So that allowed me to keep having the wind behind me, knowing that as long as I give the glory where it counts, then God will continue to bless me and the work that I'm doing. Thank you for joining us, Jackie Joyner Kersey. She is a legend and she is a force. We appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in. I'm your host, Jamie Doby. Don't forget to subscribe and follow us on all of our social media networks at Force Maryville or visit us at www.maryville.edu slash force. Thanks for tuning in.